This is Trice Talks, Sunday night, August the 15th, 2021, and I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. Well, <laughs> studio audience. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo, put your clothes back on, baby. Yeah, yeah, those, you people in front, sit down. <laughs> Please get some sun already. Take a pill. Well, hello, or, Dennis Lee. Or stop taking them. I don't know. Yeah, hello, well, Donald Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's that you're smoking up there in that front row? Yeah, That's, I do. I do. <laughs> Bunch of glaucoma people. Uh, well, oh, uh, what did I hit over here? Something flashing on the board. Something flashing and flipping. Yeah, something flashing. So, Sunday, it, this is the, well, let's see. Yeah, I guess it's technically the middle of the month. I mean, we've only got a half a month to go, and we're into September. We're Yeah, we're, we're rolling through it, aren't we, Donald? We're rapidly, rapidly moving towards that holiday season I keep bringing up. <laughs> I, I was... Um. I was talking last night. Maybe some people ought to consider getting those layaways going, you know, because before you know it, Christmas will be here. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> you got about all that. You got to feed Santa. Well, that's true. Yeah, well, it doesn't look like he needs to be fed, actually. You know what I want for Christmas? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I want some government officials to retire. <laughs> but um, Yeah, well. You yeah, and me and a whole lot of other people. Uh, imagine we, a good chunk of people listening to this show too. So you know, they used to make so much fun of George Bush when he was in office. You know, I tell you what, even even the stuff that they made fun of Donald Trump about, Biden administration has got them beat. I mean, I would like for somebody to name one thing that has gone right or that he's done well. And seven months. And I know, you know, it's, it seems almost unfair because they started saying, oh, what have you accomplished? What have you accomplished? Well, you know, um, seven months, you ought to have done something besides everything being negative. But uh, now this thing with Afghanistan, I mean, I think that's going to eat him up, too. Uh, uh, yeah, and it, and it should. Uh, when they start showing pictures on the news of all those people in Kabul that uh, – that are being attacked and, and probably, you know, probably some bad things are going to happen there. And, uh, yeah, you know, they, they think they can get away with it now by blaming this on Trump. Well, Trump had already decided we were going to get out of there. Yeah. But you know what? Trump could have been proven. You know, he would have accepted the fact if somebody came back to him and says, you know, this isn't going to work. I, I truly believe that he would have changed his mind if, if he had the right people approach him and say that, you know, this is, this is not going to work. And I'm certainly not advocating that we should be in Afghanistan another 20 years. I'm not a military expert by any means. I certainly don't want to lose any more American lives, but it just seems like there should have been a, a little bit better plan. I mean, we're leaving, we're leaving, uh, weapons and, and armored vehicles and all kinds of stuff over there. Who in the world does that? Well, yeah, that's what I got my first little bit. And it's a, it's a real, 
Okay, uh, well, no, I, other, no other way to say it, Donald Blaine. It's a well, shit show over there. Right well, I'll, I'll I'll back away from that. That was just kind of a ad lib kind of roll into that. But just thinking about Biden and and I happen to be watching a little of that before the show, and it's like I just I just do not believe the insanity um, of of what's going on there. And and this is the this is the kind of leaders that we have. They're going to protect this country. And I mean, between what's going on at the border and then what's going on over in Afghanistan and then what the people are trying to do in Congress, I just, you know, show me something positive, something, something, something for us to feel good about. Uh, there's not a whole lot of that right now, Donald Wayne. <laughs> I know, but, but, it's you know, just not uh, in the cards right now. I did see a thing on Twitter today, Dennis Lee. Somebody said, okay, uh, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact verbiage on that, but okay, I admit I voted for the wrong person. <laughs> I shouldn't have voted against Trump. And uh, can I take it back, more or less? So, uh, no, you can't take it back. Right. You You've done it and you got to live with it. Everything that's going on now that all these people that just want to do everything within their power, even if they didn't like Joe Biden, I, I feel like there were some never Trumpers and, and rhinos that just voted against Donald Trump because they wanted to, because they didn't like him. And this is what you've got. This is what you unleashed on our country besides Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, it's just, yeah, you, you're right. It's a shit show. And yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm waiting to see, <laughs> I'm waiting to see what, what they're going to try to do next. Um, but anyway, you, you're going to talk about Afghanistan. I got to talk a little bit about the voting, what the Senate was doing. And uh, I just, I want some positive news. There are some good things happening in the world, but politically is is what i'm saying it's uh it's hard to have an optimistic view of things other than people keep saying well we just got to get out there and vote next year well democrats are trying everything they can to change the voting process before that time if they do if they're successful we're in trouble serious trouble well, there's a bright note to start a Sunday show with, but yeah, uh, well, you know, that just kind of rolled off my tongue as I'm looking up at the screen and I, I see Joe Biden and I see Kamala Harris and I'm like, please, oh well, there's a good photo. Anyway, so um, are you talking about the earthquake or hurricanes, or is that on your agenda or? Earthquake and hurricanes? No, no, but there's plenty of that going on too. You know, the two. I I think there was two separate ones in, on uh, Haiti this weekend because I had two little separate symbols show up on my uh, on my weather radar app. Uh, they had a seven point two, um, you know, a seven point two uh, earthquake hit Haiti, and then uh, they've got uh, Tropical Storm Grace is heading their way. I thought there were, I swear there was two symbols and. Well, they had Fred come through there. No, I mean on the earthquake thing. Yeah. Fred. Fred oh, is, well, I, uh, yeah. The yeah. Fred's kind of petered out. 
Uh, it's gaining steam in uh, in the Gulf right now. It'll be back up to tropical, to a high tropical storm strength before it hits Florida. Really? Uh, yeah. So, and then we don't know what Grace is going to do yet. But yeah, I'm sure it was a seven point two. So there's going to be um, aftershocks, and I think they had some high aftershocks after that. Yeah, I mean, like they needed that going on there with uh, with the assassination, and I, I don't. I guess it's a coup. I'm not sure if they're calling it a coup or not, but uh, I haven't really heard a lot of news about what the situation in Haiti, but. Yeah, they don't. They don't need a uh, hurricane to hit the island right now. No, no, never a good time for one. But well, no, not right now. Yeah, I was looking at. Uh, I mean, I've been following Fred. <laughs> so <laughs> have you? Uh, <laughs> it actually, yeah. The other, when it when it left the coast of Havana or Havana, Cuba, it was just kind of showing as a low pressure system out there in the Gulf, and then. Now they've they've picked it back up again. It it really though it's not very organized though. It's just a bunch of bad weather on the uh, on the right hand uh, side. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not a real tight circle. Which is that's no, what creates no. the winds. Uh, I it's a little loose actually. Yeah, if, if you want to see a blowhard, you need to look at Linda out there in the Pacific. Oh, I mean, Linda was a Category Four, one hundred thirty mile an hour. Yeah. Winds one point she had a very significant hole in the middle of that uh <laughs> or the eye i mean eye, a very significant eye yeah in the middle of that hurricane <laughs> that's um, probably a better way to put it <laughs> but it was small and tightly wound so yeah um but it's supposed to it's supposed to go on to a tropical storm before it even thinks about getting close to anybody so yeah, I guess the uh, only thing is close to is Hawaii. I mean, the only thing yes, in, in the yes. path is Hawaii. Right, and it's still so far away. It'll it'll dissipate before it, it even gets there. But um, yeah, it's like the the switch has got turned on. To see what's gonna come up after Grace, but and they don't know Grace may have a better time organizing by the time it gets up into the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, if it stays off, if it doesn't actually cross the islands of Haiti or, or Cuba, then, you know, that'll give it a chance to, to pick up some steam, but yep. So I guess, uh, it, it, we supposed to get some rain and stuff out of that, uh, uh yeah, it's supposed to rain all week long, but it was supposed to start tomorrow, be a downpour all day, Tuesday and really rain the majority of the week. Ah, well, uh, anybody thinking about coming to Georgia or Alabama, it's going to be a washout. No yard work this week. No. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Well, all right. Any Anything else interesting on, on your end of the world before we... No, not really. You know, we, we, uh, we spent the day binge-watching Homeland. We started, and it's got eight seasons, and I know you watched that, but we just started watching that we're on season at the end of season three now um yeah but oh my how it ties into the political theater that we've got going on right now yes <laughs> yeah we wow. we watched uh that was one of our one of our have to watch things when it was a big deal gosh i guess it's been four or five years ago now maybe yeah. when it first yeah. aired that and uh, game of thrones and uh 
Justified also used to be another one that we love to watch. Um, that was a, that was a good series, but yeah, I was trying to watch uh, what was it the the com uh, what was it the Camaro uh, oh, uh, the El Camino the El, El Camino, Camino. Breaking Bad yeah follow up there I, I didn't yeah, get I to finish that. it because of the show tonight but uh, uh, we've been we had been to watch Breaking Bad before we started homeland um, because we had watched el camino and we were watching better call saul and binge watched all those episodes yeah um so yeah it was a neat little series how all that tied in together oh i know i know that's uh yeah i've actually started back over breaking bad i'm on season two because uh it's been Th- three about three years since i actually watched it the first time yeah so. that's that's what, that's what we did um because we watch Better Call Saul now, it's funny how it was funny how things in Breaking Bad started to come up to where the Better Call Saul things started intersecting. So that was I know. <laughs> that was neat. Well, I was enjoying Better Call Saul for a while, but then it got—I mean, I don't know—it it got too crazy with him. I, I was thinking that you know he was going to end up being having a better better life nah, than that he, but he's just too much of a he, he brings a lot of that on himself he's just oh yeah he wants to quick <laughs> cash so yep you know. he, he, it, a, a little part of him wanted to do good it just never could make it happen yep especially with his brother situation eh, well that guy yeah <laughs> that guy that actually those were those uh, were well written series. I mean, actually, yeah. looking back at it, and I don't see anything coming down the pike that's been anywhere comparable to those series uh, from a few years ago. Maybe they've run out of ideas. They'll they'll start recycling stuff. But oh well, uh, it gives gives me more time to work on the podcast if I'm not having to watch these these Indeed. series. So you know, priorities. Okay, well, uh, where we want to go first? <laughs> oh, you go right ahead, sir. Uh, first thing I had. <coughs> oh my gosh! Bless you. Oh, well, thank you. Did you wipe that off the microphone? I. It's. Just, I need to get. I'm going to get <laughs> some ba- uh, some brawny towels here real quick while you start. <laughs> catch that before they walk away um so the first thing i have is from the mike huckabee evening edition newsletter um and it's referring to an article also as always mike huckabee really introduces a lot of articles he sometimes he'll expand on them a little bit but um so he was he's referring to an article that was uh, published in the western journal um and the title is while we were sleeping, Ted Cruz saved America from Democrats. Um, so he's talking about this past week, you know, uh, the Senate was <laughs> spending a lot of money or, or trying to spend a lot of money. And, uh, but they were also, they had amendments to the last uh, $3.5 trillion uh, stimulus package. I wish they'd quit calling it stimulus package because the only thing it stimulates in me is anger, frustration. But right. um, 
one of the amendments in there, one of the things they were trying to do was also had to do with uh, the HR1 or the SR1 bill, the voting rights bill uh, that they talk about. So uh, Huckabee's talking about that. And this is something that the Democrats were trying to sneak up on us with in the middle of the night. Oops. Hang on. I'm, I'm messing with my screen here. Whoa. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm rubbing the wrong thing, and it's uh, expanding, oh expanding uh, in, in the wrong direction. Indeed, it happens like that sometimes. <laughs> it's just gotta gotta go with the grain. All right, so Huckabee starts out. We we should all give a big thanks to Senator Ted Cruz for being awake and alert at three thirty a.m. Wednesday morning and saving American democracy. After 15 mind-numbing hours of amendment votes on the Democrats' $3.2 trillion, I thought it was $3.5, $3.2 trillion spending orgy bill, Senate Majority Leader Chucky Schumer attempted to sneak the For the People Act into the mix. And For the People Act is that SR1, HR1 bill that we've talked about for the last seven months. So Chucky was trying to sneak it in there in the hopes that sleep-deprived Republicans wouldn't notice and would fail to object, thereby approving it by unanimous consent. But Ted Cruz rose and objected repeatedly, stopping Schumer in his tracks. So I'm going to play, if this works, I'm going to play a little audio of what um, Ted Cruz comments. It's it's like uh, less than two minutes long. And like I said, you know, Schumer brought it up in the middle of the night thinking, you know, because, you know, imagine being up there listening to these blowhards talk for 15 hours uh, in the Senate. I just, you know, that's probably the only time these guys earn their money is when they're having to listen to all this crap. But, you know, at 3.30 in the morning, uh, you know, I think that's probably designed for people either to be asleep at their desk or so tired they're not paying attention. But old Ted Cruz is paying attention, by golly. And let's let's hear what Ted has to say on that. If I can come on, cooperate with me. Come on, Betsy. Oh Betsy. Reserving the right to object. This bill would constitute a federal government takeover of elections. It would constitute a massive power grab by Democrats. It would disenfranchise millions of Americans, and it would do precisely the opposite of its nominal title for the people. It would it is instead for the politicians because it entrenches politicians and ensures that the people cannot vote them out of office. It would strike down virtually every reasonable voter integrity law in the country, including voter ID laws supported by the overwhelming majority of this country, including prohibitions on ballot harvesting, again, widely supported by people in this country. It would mandate that felons be allowed to vote, and it would automatically register millions of illegal aliens to vote. It would profoundly undermine democracy in this country, and for that reason, I object. The objection is heard. Mr. Okay. 
So you got the gist of most of that, right? Right. All right. So Mitch McConnell. Whoops. All right. Shut up, Mitch. Oh, Wait, a Wait, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mitch. Come on, Mitch. Oh, oh Mitch. Stop with this premature stuff. So Whoa. Mitch McConnell stood up and had his little say. Uh, after, um, I bet he did. <laughs> after Ted Cruz. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, old Mitch is in kind of a, kind of a hot water situation because, you know, he hasn't, you know, he supported that, uh, $1.5 trillion bill they just passed. And, uh, I don't think he's supporting this, this other extra three point whatever trillion. But anyway, Mitch had to say something about the same subject. And let's hear what oh Mitch had to say. Some debate on the motion equally divided between the two leaders or their designees with no motions, points of order, or amendments in order. I'm present. The Republican leader. Well, here we go again, colleagues. Uh, we've seen this once before. And I think it's fitting that after passing this budget resolution full of reckless taxing and spending, we end the evening with an effort to federalize, take over all elections all across America by the federal government. Now, we're hearing there's going to be a substitute, but what's technically before us is as follows. After ramming through this, uh, this reckless taxing and spending spree, here in the dead of night, they also want to start tearing up the ground rules of our democracy and writing new ones, of course, on a purely partisan basis. I suppose the timing actually makes sense, given the terrible votes that every Democratic senator has just cast here tonight. I can understand why their thoughts have turned so quickly to their next election and why they might be feeling especially anxious to tilt the playing field in their direction. This ridiculous go-nowhere bill that's stuck in the Rules Committee would let Washington Democrats take over 50 state election laws, completely federalize how we handle elections in this country. It would attack popular safeguards like voter ID, turn the Federal Election Commission into a partisan body. It would even spend public funds on our political campaigns. Four plus trillion dollars in new spending actually wasn't enough tonight. Wasn't enough. The preference of at least 49 out of 50 of them is to spend public money on our own elections. Now, public money financed the attack ads of people you disagree with. So look, my view is that maybe this is just concluding the night with a little comic relief. S1 is an absurd and clumsy effort by one political party to literally rewrite the ground rules of our democracy to try to advantage them and disadvantage the other side. It's always a temptation when the majority to want to write the rules to make it more likely you can get the outcome you want. This isn't going to work. It isn't going to work tonight. And it isn't going to work when we get back. 
President. Madam President, I ask consent to all remaining time on both sides yield be um, all remain. I ask consent to yield all remaining time on both sides. Is there objection? Without objection. I ask for the yielded back. I ask for the yeas and nays. So Chuck Schumer decided he wanted to get a yay and nay vote on that uh, amendment anyway. And, uh, of course, they didn't play that whole thing, but it didn't pass. But the absurdity of that that bill is it doesn't even make sense to me, except if you look at it down the line, Democrats, if they can pass this thing while they're in office, they pretty much will be in office until something drastic happens in this country. I mean, really, uh, the money that he was talking about, uh, the taxpayers, you know, part of this bill says the federal government's going to fund everybody that's running for office in, in these different campaigns. Everybody will get so much money towards our campaign. Uh, that's taxpayer money. So my money, your money, Dennis Lee, will go to pay for somebody's campaign who we do not support. I, I don't even understand how that's feasible or even right in this country. Uh, but that's part of the bill. But there's so many things wrong with it. Um, and, and we've kind of been down that road before. But I, I, anybody who has heard us talk about this and has not gone on the website and looked at some of these uh, portions of this bill that, that are absolutely absurd, I would encourage you to do so. And if you live in a state where you have a Republican uh, senator or uh, Republican representatives, you need to look at this and then you need to send them correspondence and say, you know, we need to defeat this because um, if they pass it, Lord knows how in the world we would ever change it, how we would ever get enough of a, a majority back in, in Congress again to do anything about it. And uh, right. then it's pretty much over for Republicans or conservatives in this country without something drastic happening. It's just uh, because it's built in. By the time they let Puerto Rico become a state and they let uh, District of Columbia become a state, uh, they'll already automatically have a majority right there. Uh, and, and we'll never be able to pass or, or stop anything. So look at it, please. Oh, so anyway, there's a little bit more here I got to say about that, or this in this article real quick before I uh, yield the floor. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Huckabee goes on to say, having well, ha having been well, well pleased with the flexibility in voting methods, the pandemic allowed them, you know, all this crap is a result of what happened last year. Although I will say Democrats have been trying to pass this voting rights thing for, gosh, it's been introduced several times, uh, back in the early two thousands, it was introduced I believe while Obama, well, I think they tried it once while Bush was in office and then they tried several times while Obama was in office. But anyway, and certainly with the results of the 2020 election, Democrats would like to make these changes permanent. The HR one SR one bill would essentially federalize U S elections. Of course, the Texas Democrat state house of representatives fled their state last month to deny quorum necessary to pass voter integrity legislation 
they hightail their butts to Washington, D.C., where they have been lobbying Democrat leaders to pass the For the People Act. And that's what this voting rights bill is called, For the People Act. What they should do is call it For the Democrats Act or For the Liberals Act or For the Socialist Act. Then they could slither their way back to Texas and not have to worry about the consequences of any vote they might have to participate in in Texas. The Washington Post reported Schumer acted in the pre-dawn hours under the sharp demands from activists, elected officials, and voters in states where Republican legislators have passed new voting restrictions. Following the 4 a.m. brouhaha, 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 following the 4 a.m. brouhaha on Wednesday, Schumer said, let there be no mistake about what is going on here. We have reached a point in this chamber where Republicans appear to oppose any measure. Oh, damn pop-ups. Any, any measure, <laughs> any, no matter how common sense. That was a Democrat did that. How common sense to protect voting rights and strengthen our democracy. Schumer vowed to take up voting rights again when Senate reconvenes um, in September. Elizabeth Staff Stauffer of the Western Journal writes, I don't quite know what he thinks will be any different one month from now. It's a terrible bill from the beginning to end, and there's no part of it where the two parties could hope to find common ground. Republicans remain adamantly opposed to the uh, democracy-crushing bill. That all-night session marked the end of the summer session, and the Senate adjourned until mid-September. It's terrible, folks. It's absolutely terrible unless you're a liberal. And, uh, you know, we never had this kind of crap go on until last year. And I think like, uh, like, uh, oh, gosh, whoever was talking up here earlier, you know, last year's with their ability to shut everything down and have all this these uh, remote ballot boxes and the ballot harvesting and everything that they accomplished last year to make that election easier for them to, to tamper with, they want to make that permanent. So can you imagine, imagine last year's uh, just utter chaos ha- happening every time we had an election in this country, yeah. a, a federal election? Uh, I, I just, you know, normal, reasonable people would not expect this to pass. And I guarantee you, if the roles were reversed and this was something that the Republicans were trying to do, that it would not fly. But it, it's dangerous. And I'm not just making that up. And I know that's my opinion. But if you read the bill, if you look at the especially the sections that are most concerning about it, it's just... I mean, come on. I got one one other statement to make here. What? How does it make sense to let people who aren't officially sanctioned, uh, 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 what I want to say, state government employees, uh, you know, to handle the voting issues, you know, every year when we do vote? How right. can we just ha- let individual contractors, you know, go out there and pick up ballot boxes and transport them? And we think that that's supposed to be a secure way to have our votes cast in this country or counted. Yeah. <laughs> do you think there's any room for something to go wrong? 
Right. But this is what they want. And this is what they tried to do at 3.30 in the morning last Wednesday. And, uh, you know, whether you like uh, Ted Cruz or not, occasionally he does some stuff that works out right for us. So we will give him a, uh, I won't give him a round of applause, but we do appreciate him staying awake, taking his no dose or drinking a bunch of coffee, whatever he had to do to pay attention to what was going on. I think said uh, bourbon and five-hour energy. That'll get you going on that <laughs> So I, I had one other thing popping in my head while um, while McConnell was talking. Uh, you, you know who Leon Redbone is? Yes. Do you think that McConnell sounds a little bit like Redbone? He's kind of like he's got this, I don't know, something in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> do, do, you, do you see a similarity in that? A little bit, a little it's, bit. It's, um, it's little, like he's Leon got, Redbone's a little more tolerable to listen to. Well, yeah, yeah. and he's he's got a deeper voice, but it's All just right. that I just like you. You're you got grits in your cheek or something. I don't know. Well, I figured he was storing something in those cheeks. <laughs> uh, 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 I want to well, let it loose. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere else but where we can see it that's all right. I can say I don't want to see anything alright I well, yield the floor well there's a lot of floor to yield Tom <laughs> because this is a damn mess I don't care what side of the political spectrum you are on because now everyone is throwing the darts and it's at the center of Biden's head um <laughs> You know, the Washington Examiner, and there's a there's a lot of articles out right now tied to the mess that's going on in Afghanistan, and it's very sad. There's going to have, there's going to be long-lasting effects from this. Um, the Washington Examiner, Kaylee McGee, put out a report uh, that Afghanistan is what happens when Biden is able to make his horrible foreign policy a reality. So... So what she started off with is she said, we're watching in real time what happens when a man with a notoriously bad foreign policy record is handed the reins. Afghanistan has fallen to the Taliban. U.S. officials are fleeing to evacuate the embassy in Kabul, uh, Kabul, and the Afghan soldiers who worked with the United States are being executed in the streets. How did the administration think that that would not happen? You know, so good luck getting interpreters and getting people to help in that area moving forward since you totally left them in the dust. Uh, the collapse of the Afghanistan is a national humiliation, one that could have been easily prevented had President Joe Biden organized an effective withdrawal strategy instead he pulled the vast majority of our troops out at one time giving them no time to secure our military weaponry yes um afghanistan has been supplied with a great amount of weapons and aircraft um over the years and guess who has it now the taliban thank you biden um uh you know they didn't have time to uh get the weapons out of there uh, secure them, destroy them, whatever they need to do, or evacuate the interpreters who worked with our government. And it's only a matter of time before the Taliban finds and kills them. Um, 
Yeah, but but um, you know what what should we expect from Biden? I mean, one only has to go back. Um, well, actually, go back quite a bit, but um, you know, go back to Saigon, uh, the Vietnam War. Um, two weeks before Saigon fell in April 1975, a 32-year-old Joe Biden was among the senators summoned to the White House for a top-secret briefing on the crisis in Vietnam. Um, this is from Annie Linsky in the Washington Post. Um, and I'm not even going to get into everything that's on that article. Because the real key is that there wasn't a good plan put into place to do this withdrawal. You got to figure we've what Donald Wayne, we've been in this war for over 20 years, over 20 years, over 20 years. We've had, um, a large number of troops, um, the United States troops and, um, you know, uh, uh, forces that have, have been there with us have lost their lives and the countless numbers of families whose lives have been changed forever by those losses or those injuries, those injured soldiers, men and women coming back home and having to get um, reassimilated to life, to civilian life after such a horrific injuries that they sustained. Um, what does that do to them? I mean, it's almost like it's a slap in the face to what they did. I mean, but really, and this is just my opinion, were we ever going to um, fortify democracy in a land that's been battling with each other for thousands of years in the first place? Uh, 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 peoples that didn't want the democracy there in the first place? Um, you know, there's, um, it, there's people there that did, but... The government, you know, uh, the the governments around there, the uh, I can't even say I can't even believe that it was fifty fifty. Um, who are we to go? You know, I, I don't know. I'm really split on the whole thing because, you know, for one thing, and, and and I have nothing but respect for our military and and what they've had to go through over there, but. Um, you know, it's all, we weren't we weren't going to change them. We were never going to be able to change them without staying there, without having a presence there indefinitely, to provide um, a very expensive security um, for the government that was put into place to to have some kind of democracy would not be able to succeed without us staying there indefinitely in some kind of capacity. Because look at the vacuum. Um, that was created now with Biden pulling everybody out. And um, already the Taliban has taken control of Afghanistan. Um, and they have full control over over the, uh, the weapons that they've been provided all these years to the Afghanistan government. Um, and the people that were helping us all these years, they're going to lose their life and they're going to impose Sharia law. I mean... <laughs> what what has been created is just a travesty. It's 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 horrible. And 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 look, now we're on it's on what the 20 year anniversary 
is coming up of our involvement in this 20 year long, you know, in this 20 year war, the 20 year anniversary is coming up and you know, what a way to mark that anniversary to totally pull everybody out and let the Taliban take over completely. And they've also today, you know, are, are looking to raise the threat level to the United States of America for terrorism. We created our own problem. Yeah, it's uh, the stupidest shit that I've ever heard of. I was I, amazed know. at how many people live in Kabul, or Kabul, or Kabul. I think it's Kabul, but it's Kabul. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I was amazed. There's uh, like three, four million people live in that city. Um, what country abandons? you know, military gear. Uh, and again, that's, you know, it's our money that they're leaving over there. That's not even the issue as much as it is the, the, the weaponry that we've left for these people to, to utilize against us and against people who helped us. Um, right. Right. And I mean, totally, and now, now they're going to, they're going back to strict Sharia law. There's going to be, you know, ex- public executions, stonings, uh, whippings, all kind of, and, and uh, women's rights, um, you know, whatever kind of rights that they had with the United States having a presence there and the democracy, um, trying to fortify that there. You can forget all that now because um, they are very strict on Sharia law. Um, because before everything was changed, the education of young girls was also forbidden by the Taliban. So, well, somebody, I saw somebody on a program last night, um, it was late and they were analyzing it and they were saying some people tried to tell our leaders, uh, even back years ago. When, when they were initially trying to do what they were doing in Afghanistan. And, and they were saying, you know, anybody that tells you that we were trying to uh, create or help create a democracy in, in Afghanistan, uh, they were wrong. Uh, they were either lying or they were wrong. They knew better because, unfortunately, Afghanistan is, is made up of, of a bunch of different tribes that don't particularly get along anyway and don't particularly... No. They have different ways of life, different religion, different. Uh, so, you know, to try to get them to form a Democrat government that they're all going to, you know, participate in was uh, sounds to me like what these people said. that It was doomed from the very start if that was our purpose. Right. And I, you know what? Unfortunately for me, um, my opinion is that it was all about money. It was all about money and, you know, and. Look, I, I have nothing but respect for the military men and women, um, and they were doing their job. They were doing what they were told to do or asked to do, instructed to do. Um, so I'm not saying that what they did was all for naught, but they're just doing what they're told. They're The commander-in-chief says everybody's got to go, then everybody's got to go, right? So I just hate it. I just hate it that that we've invested all this money and all this time and all that all that bloodshed and all that heartache, and 
we're going to get in. This could be uh, the preface for a whole new war. We're going to riot, and now we're going to raise the the uh, because they emptied out all the jails. They've already shown uh, the videos on Twitter and other places of all the uh, the people that they let out of uh, out of prison there, just running into the streets. And well, you, you you think that these people aren't going to have a grudge against the United States of America? Well, and anybody that helped us too. Right. Uh, some it, some it, of those prisoners they let out were people that were transferred from Guantanamo right. to Afghanistan. So you know those right. are some bad dudes. Uh, right. Exactly. And yes, they will be hunting down everyone who ever helped the United States or who were ever, ever thought to have helped the United States, and they they will cease to exist. I mean. And there's even stories in here about talking about penalties for in Sharia law about even if you're if you're a homosexual, if you're oh gay, yeah, there's only two penalties they have for that. Uh, that that's in one of these articles is that either they stone you or they stand behind a wall that falls on top of them. Um. So, yeah, this is definitely people that you would want to have in power. Um, I mean, give me a break. How would we even think that that uh, investing 20 years and we're just going to pull everybody out and create this vacuum? <laughs> they they're basically saying that they've they're they've, they're victorious, that they've conquered us. What kind of message does the administration think that this sends to our enemies? Well, or anybody that we might need as an ally in the future. Exactly. Our allies are done. The interpreters who would have worked for us are like, oh, you know, I don't know. We see what you did in Afghanistan. I don't know that this is the best bet for me to stay alive. I better just take my chances. You know. Well, you know, it's funny that uh, it's not funny. When I say it's funny, it's not ha-ha funny. But that Biden... You know, he doesn't like a damn thing. You know, he, he's fought against everything that uh, Donald Trump did. But the one thing he wants to fall on now is saying, well, Donald Trump was going to pull him out of there anyway. So, you know, that's that's what he's clinging to. Uh, I, I just. Well, and, and look, and, and we don't know because it didn't happen. It's just all speculation. We don't know. I'm sh- I hope. God that the the Trump administration's team would have had a better plan than yanking everybody out of there at the same time. Um, but even even that though, you can, how small of a force do you leave behind, and how far how soon will it be before they would be overrun? Um, well, the other problem but, is that now without Afghanistan, we do not have another place in the region where we could stage up and even go in and help anybody. No. Uh, because there's no surrounding uh, territory that we're, that's available to us. And um, so even if they wanted to go back in now, uh, I, I just, which, you know, I, I saw this guy. I don't know if you've seen him before. I think he's a representative from maybe Oklahoma. I think his name is, oh, gosh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Jones. Uh, he, he has both Jimmy of his legs. Jones. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe Tommy 
Tommy Jones or something, but he's a representative and he's, he lost both of his legs in Afghanistan okay. uh, to a landmine. So he, he was on gut fell the other night and, uh, he was totally against staying in Afghanistan. He says, how many more years do you people think we could stay there and not lose more lives? How many lives is enough for us to be there? Cause we're never going to do, we're never going to turn that into a democratic country because of the factions in the country itself. He said, so, so what the hell is that? Is that a goat? So, um, you know, there are people probably that had to serve over there that, you know, were, were not supporting us staying in there any well, longer, but. And, and, I, and I get that. And, but you know, damn it, it should be, it should have been more of a, uh, collaborative effort, and I know that we had that, that uh, our friends around the world. We did have some there, but it was always we seemed to always be the bigger group. You know, we always seemed to be the one that had the most invested. But you know, again, unfortunately, and again, I, you know, I'm not trying to. I don't want to take away from what the military did there and what they what they believed they were doing there. Um, take anything away from our good men and women that were over there um, doing their job. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, it's a it's a big dollar sign that's up right over uh, the middle of that whole place. You know, so what, did the well finally dry up? Then we figured we needed to finally pull out. And I get it, um, what, what service members would say, especially ones who have been injured, that we need to get out of there. But I, you know, and then look, they're going to, the people are going to go back to the way they've been doing things for thousands of years um, because they didn't want the democracy in the first place. I get that. But now what kind of situation, what is the perception of, of us to our enemies around the world? Yeah. Well, it has to look so weak. It's not even funny. They were also saying today that this secretary of defense that Joe Biden picked just so happened to be uh, the general in charge. I believe I understood this correctly in charge of the forces over there when Obama was in office. So this Lloyd Austin that Biden picked, he was he was part of that group uh, in the Obama administration, but he was a general over there responsible for. Uh, you know, a lot of the military actions going on in Afghanistan at the time. So you would think somebody had experience over there would know what was going to happen if they did things the way they're doing them now. But again, you know, he was in the Obama administration. So what do uh, we expect? What do we expect? The, uh, the UK parliament's been recalled um, to discuss Afghanistan. Um, this is a big um this is this is this is uh, uh, something that's going to be where every country is going to be talking about. What do we need to do about Afghanistan? Because you know we're over here on our own little island, but now you, all of uh, our friends in the west are um, are in the east. Uh, yeah, in the east, I should say, <laughs> over in Europe, um, are left with just a brewing mess over there and i've actually got a quick a quick clip um 
from one of the articles here from earlier. This is from um, the Washington Examiner. Okay. This is the real face of war. This is the result of the Biden administration's decision to telegraph its withdrawal from Afghanistan on a date certain September 11th. Last spring, this reporter naively thought that that date would lead to a Taliban attack the next day. It says to me that the opponents that we fear and that we fear in Afghanistan will launch their first attack on September 12th. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. The uh, it's an unconditional withdrawal, which I think is foolishness uh, in not having some conditions to curb the the Taliban's behavior. President Trump did have some conditions. Uh, he wanted to the Taliban to reject the Al Qaeda. He wanted a, a peace process that was in place, moving in the right direction with an eventual ceasefire and agreement. Instead, by Friday of this week, the Taliban had overrun three more provincial capitals, including Afghanistan's second and third largest cities, Herat and Kandahar. It now controls two thirds of the country and has encircled the capital of Kabul. 20 years of U.S. directed governance nearly undone in a few days. Well, it's certainly an astounding day in, uh, in terms of what's taken place before our eyes. And, and I think from, uh, from the perspective of the military, American people, our soldiers, you know, who participate in Afghanistan, it's also a humiliating day um, and, and very frustrating. Uh, there's been some serious miscalculations made here. Those serious miscalculations have consequences. Anyone who cooperated with U.S. forces in this longest U.S. war will pay dearly under the harsh law of the Taliban, as will anyone who fought for the Afghan security forces. The struggle to permit the education of women to remove them from subjugation is all but over. In the geopolitical world, the unconditional withdrawal sends a signal that U.S. foreign commitments are sketchy, wavering, and unreliable. The withdrawal may have been President Biden's decision, but in the words of Senator John McCain, quote, Presidents don't lose wars, nations do. Now, in an uncanny similarity to Vietnam and to this picture taken 50 years ago on the roof of the U.S. Embassy in Saigon, the U.S. is redeploying 3,000 troops to protect the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. It's not just conservatives who are astounded by the unconditional U.S. withdrawal. One of the most prominent liberal editorial boards in the country responded to the president's move with this headline. Biden takes the easy way out of Afghanistan. The likely result is disaster. Then again, how long can wars drag on? How long are Americans willing to watch their young men and women come home in caskets or with missing limbs and scarred memories? Even the mighty British Empire of the 19th century learned the hard lessons of Afghanistan, withdrawing after years of futility, trying to mold a tribal culture into some Western construct of democracy. The British failure was memorialized in a stanza from Rudyard Kipling, the British poet who served in Afghanistan. When you're wounded and down on the Afghan plain and the women come out to cut up your remains, just roll on your rifle and blow out your brains and go to your God like a soldier. Like the British in the 19th century, the Russians in the 1980s and the Americans in the 21st century we are about to experience what it means to lose Afghanistan. In typical fashion, media coverage of that distant country will wane. So will our attention. We can hope that its future course more resembles the market economy of Vietnam than a breeding ground for the destructive religious nihilism of someone like Osama bin Laden. 
Doug McElway for the Washington Examiner. Unfortunately, it'll probably be the latter. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end up like Vietnam because that's a no. that, that was a totally different mindset there. Right. Um, it's um, it, it's horrible. It's horrible, and I and I agree. I would I would agree that we need to be out of there. Um, because what is the goal? I think the goal is become foggy all these years. I mean, the first you know five years of right after 9-11 um we probably had a better read on what we were trying to do there but it just it just seemed to just drag on all this time and we weren't we weren't getting anywhere i'm sure we prevented a lot of terrorist attacks on the united states from our intel and being in that area for so long but now what's going to happen and i'm sure the iranian government is um just you know jumping up and down about this there got to be nothing but excited well I, I, I think russia probably is too i mean oh, all, yeah. of our, all of our enemies will russia be and China. it makes yeah. us look weak it makes us look yeah. uh like we don't know what we're doing i mean it's exactly just, there's going to be more negative press out of this uh and as the pictures come out of there as they surely will uh you know, they're going to look at us and say, you know, look what you did to these people. Look what well, you left like, them with. And like they, um, and like the reporter said, I mean, this is, um, this is you know, it definitely, it's going to turn into a new breeding ground for terrorism. Um, there'll be a, there'll be a new war. The new war will be coming. Um, I just, you know, you hate, you hate it, you, you know. I, you want it to be better, but I just don't see this this getting any better anytime soon. You know, I would have thought if we weren't capable of removing all of our materials, which I don't know why we, you know, left all of that armament there, unless it was supposed to be for the Afghan army, which you know they should have known. Well, they they knew full well that the Afghanistan the Afghan army would fall, the Afghan government would collapse. As soon as we pulled everyone out, they knew that. I mean, you know, and when I say they, I'm talking about the government. I'm not talking about our men and women or our soldiers. I've got, like we said, uh, I've got nothing but respect for our men and women of the military, no matter what branch of service. Um, you know, it's just got to be a huge blow to them. Um, but also, uh, you know, I, I get it that... Um, that a lot of them feel that, you know, we shouldn't be there in the first place. And, and I agree. Um, but there's this, there's really no good way for this to happen, but this is probably the worst way it could have happened. Yeah. I, you know, I'm certainly not smart enough to have an idea or know enough to even say, it's just that we can all probably share the opinion that this was probably not the way to do it. Yeah, I, I, I envision us getting into another war before the end of this year. I hope I'm wrong. Well, um, he's he's sending five thousand troops over there now to to help support them until they get everybody out of the city that's supposed to get out of the city. Um, yeah. I, I read an article where the, as soon as we started withdrawing our troops, that the UN got out of Afghanistan. Um, so that oh, yeah. was a 
that was a vacuum. So people are saying, uh-uh, you know, if you guys well, aren't going to be here, we're not going to be here. The, the Afghanistan, the Afghani president had already left. He's like, look, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gone. Um, the president, Ashraf Ghani, flew out of the country Sunday morning. So he, he flew out of the country this morning. Um, well, that so, gives your people a lot of confidence, doesn't it? Well, I mean, you know, they're going to kill everyone in that in, in that government. I mean, <laughs> if it was me, I wouldn't say. Uh, you know, <laughs> look, there's nobody here to protect me. I'm on my own. I mean, you know, hey, I'm Colonel, all, but Colonel <laughs> Travis stayed in the Alamo. <laughs> Well, uh, they should have built the walls higher. That's all I'm saying. I know. Should have had higher uh, walls. I know. You know I, uh, I, I wouldn't want to have to make those decisions. I'm, but it's just uh, a sad. It's a sad day, and it's yeah. going to be sadder. The State Department uh, spokesman Ned Price said, I'll, "I'll wrap this up with this." He uh, said that uh, said the U.S. would not be issuing a wholesale withdrawal from the nation. This is not abandonment. This is not an evacuation. This is not the wholesale withdrawal. What this is, is a reduction in the size of our civilian footprint. The embassy remains open and we plan to continue our diplomatic work in Afghanistan. Really? The place is falling the F apart. Yeah, you better you know, get that so, out of there. Yeah, you better, you know, first of all, you better fire this knucklehead. Um, you know, this spokesman, uh, spokesperson for the State Department. Ned Price, and then, um, you know, fire the other individuals that are tied along with him. I mean, well, the um, secretary of state's responsible, I believe for yeah. the embassies and those issues. Yeah. I, would, I mean, if you're going to no, I can't believe they would even say they're going to keep the embassy open. You think those people are going to respect you? Look what happened in Tehran. Yeah. Um, did we not learn anything from, uh, you know, from the Clinton debacle, you know, I mean, come on. Then the embassy is going to be the first place everybody goes to to burn down, drag people out in the street. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we watched this excellent movie today. I mean, I, it's on Netflix and it's called the red sea diving resort. And it's like, you hear that title and you say, Oh, what in the world is that about? Uh, but it's, it's actually, gosh, and I forgot the country in Africa that it's in. Uh, it's one of the coastal countries, but it was in, you know, upheaval and, um, they were putting a lot of, uh, African Jews, people of Jewish faith, but they were, they were, um, well, I won't go through the whole story. Anyway, there was a lot of African Jews there in this, uh, country and they were being persecuted and a lot of them were being killed and put into prison camps and so forth. And so the Israelis sent this team in there to help evacuate as many as they could. And that is what this story is about. And if you like this, it's a true story based on a true story, if you like those kind of things. But it's a similar situation there trying to get people out of a country where you know they're going to be slaughtered, where you know they're going to be oppressed. And it's an excellent movie. It's called The Red Sea Diving Resort. It's a 2019 movie. You know, it's and these stories are both sad and but they're also, you know, it, it shows you that there are people in this world that will risk their own lives to help people yeah. and uh, try to make a difference. 
but it's well, a, you know, story. Uh, check that out. Um, yeah, it's it's but, a good story. There, there's one quick one too, and I'm going to put it on Facebook. Um, that even Obama's even Obama's ethics chief um, slammed Biden for uh, not evacuating more Afghan allies, you know, um, and called it an inexcusable failure. So he's going to get it from both sides of the aisle, and he should. And even you know, you can imagine President uh, Trump had uh, is also calling for his resignation as are a few other individuals. Um, so thanks a lot for the, uh, for the increase in the terror threat today. Well, well, I don't know what level that's going to go up to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, these are supposed to be the smartest and brightest people in our country that are making these decisions. No, it's and, almost like that movie Idiocracy. And if nobody's yeah. ever seen it, I brought it up before. You need to watch it. My <laughs> gosh. I don't think um, I've I don't know that I've seen that one. Yeah. Well, it'll be people like they interview on the news sometimes that don't have a clue about stuff. Those are the people essentially in that movie that are running the government. Um, so, but yeah, um, you know, we, you know, the rest of the world is, um, they're starting to talk about what's going on there because this is a big thing. Um, and if I was in, uh, the UK or, um, you know, one of the other places over there, I would be concerned and I'd be a little upset as well. So there was uh, this little survey on Fox, uh, I mean, uh, uh, on the street interview thing on Fox News the other night. Maybe it was Friday night. And uh, some reporter went out there and uh, asked college students their uh, opinion of Kamala Harris. You know, do you think Kamala Harris is doing a good job? And the majority of the ones they had on that they, they aired Oh yeah, I think she's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, and so the reporter said, "So, just name one thing that that she's done a good job of." And nobody, <laughs> this one girl said, uh, "Well, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Well, maybe she's not doing a good job." <laughs> She yeah. couldn't think of anything, you know, of the, we're, we're brainwashed in this country to, to pick people based on, uh, this perception, uh, without really knowing, you know, what they're doing that's good for us or what they're doing that is bad for well, us. I bet if you asked them that same person, what, um, you know, the girl was doing twerking on TikTok, she'd know who the hell that was. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> these people don't people don't think about the things that no. are important. But these the are the world right now. these are college kids who are old enough to vote. It's scary that you know a lot of these people may have actually voted for Joe Biden and and Kamala Harris if they voted at all. Who knows? But you know, I've never seen an interview where when they ask them, "Well, what has Joe Biden done?" That, that you think is so good. And, and they never can answer the question. No. But one time one idiot says, well, at least it's not Donald Trump. Oh, well, there's an excellent answer there. There's that's an educated. Educated response. answer. Only, only, you know, only because that person is not there. Everything is better. 
Um, yeah, that's not really an educated answer. I'd like to hit the street. I wish we could go do a, a, a man on the street kind of thing one day. And just, I'd like uh, to ask those questions about Biden and Harris and, and even these two numbskulls that we elected as senators from Georgia. <laughs> I would right. like to ask some questions about those two. Well, we have to get some, uh, get some, uh, <laughs> get some good rest before we go out on that exhausting effort. Um, yeah, well, we certainly wouldn't go into Atlanta. We would have to we'd have to stay north of Atlanta to, to not get. Although, you know, I would not be opposed to getting, you know, in a little risky territory. But I, I say just, risque. Oh no, was that what oh, you were thinking? Oh, I don't. You you want to go in a risque territory? No, well, I, I'd rather not. I know. I, I think we probably know both know what direction to go yeah, in. Yeah, well, there's a few places. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it, it's. Uh, but these are supposed to be people. They can't handle that over there. They don't know what to do over there to do the right thing, and yet we've got them in charge of our country, and they think. We're supposed to trust them to do the right thing with us. I know it's a totally different scenario yeah, and circumstances, but it's decision process that I'm concerned about. Right. And you got, you got all these journalists that are over there uh, that are foreign journalists are calling people that they know in the United States uh, government and otherwise trying to figure out, you know, what are, what are they going to do? And, um, they're trying. They're trying to escape for. Uh, they're fearing for their lives, and you know, they. Some people are saying that they believed in the U.S., but that turned out to be um, the worst mistake that they ever made, um, and will most likely cost them their lives. So it's a. It's 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 sad. It's a it's, it's sad going to be a black eye. Yep. For this country. Yep. It'll haunt Biden for the rest of his time on this earth. That's for sure. Yeah. So the first seven months of of Biden's administration really, uh, you know, is going to be probably right his presidency. Yeah. Uh, Just everything that's happened is so negative right now. Um, But. It's it's a it's a sad state of affairs, and uh, you know your your heart goes out to all those people, and just you just hate it, you know. And and all Americans get judged by what our morons do, you know, in Washington D.C. They 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 look at they look at everybody. I mean, unless they know Americans and they know there's we're good people, uh, but. You know, people who have no interaction with Americans at all, they look at these these idiots up there and they say, you know, well, golly, you know, uh, what about America? I mean, what's wrong with them? They're not very smart or they're, you know, they're evil or they did the wrong thing. They don't care about their allies. It's just uh, there's a lot of. A lot of stuff that's going to fall out from this. Well, and the and the and the people that we would depend on now more than ever to give us that valuable intel, since we're not going to have all those boots on the ground there. Um, how reluctant are they going to be to even share what they ate for breakfast that morning with us? Yeah. 
it's it's going to be a totally different picture okay well let's see do i have something uplifting here no probably not. i hope so no <laughs> uh, well no not really uh so a <laughs> second article is from the western journal and it's a commentary by taylor penley and the title of it is hidden on page 508 of the infrastructure bill is a plan to make it too expensive to drive a car in our country i don't know if you heard about that dennis lee I, we may i don't think we've talked about it in depth but no let's go down that road for a few minutes um the cost of living is on the rise calls for yet another wave of pandemic restrictions have begun and now buried deep in the so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill the left has laid out yet another idea to bring americans to their knees make no mistake the suffering is intentional goal-oriented and not bound to stop anytime soon Still, one proposal in the 2,702-page infrastructure bill seems especially cruel, cruel enough to make it too expensive for many Americans to even drive a car. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. I said this before, and every time I see an article like this, it, it pisses me off. 2,700-page bill. Who in the hell reads that whole thing? You know, and back when Nancy Pelosi said when Obama was president, we need to pass this bill so we can see what's in it. And American people allowed those idiots to stay in power. You know, how how do we have people? Why do we pay people to go to Washington, D.C., create a bill, this monstrosity that people have no way of knowing what all's in there? And then they vote on it. And then we're subject to whatever crap they've crammed in this thing. You know, besides term limits, we, we need some kind of function in our government where the, you know, Congress can vote on things individually. My God, it could do it. It also could do it faster, but you know, we know why they won't do it because then they couldn't pass the crap that wouldn't pass on its own. So they stuff it in something that we need. But still, we don't make enough noise about this that we allow them to keep doing these bills. 2,700 pages, Dennis Lee. I've never read that many pages of anything in my entire life. Well, they some... don't expect us to, Donald Wayne. No. I mean, I'm not an avid reader, and I'm sure somebody reads a book a month or something. They probably read more than 2,700 pages in their lifetime. But, you know, these these. Uh, representatives come out and say, no, I haven't read the whole bill. And I heard somebody say a couple of weeks ago, well, you know, my staff has, has read the whole bill. You know, I assigned different sections to each one. And so they've read the entire bill and then they give him a summary. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so that's a problem. But um, so back to the article, Nick Short of the Claremont Institute highlighted an item on page 508 through 519 of the bill that would introduce a national per mile motor vehicle user fee on a trial basis. I think they're going to try it for five years. It doesn't say it in this article, but I've, I've seen it somewhere else. Uh, buried on page 508 of the bill is a pilot program for a national motor vehicle per mile user fee called MBUF, 
<laughs> and I, I have a different, uh, <laughs> I, <have> a, <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah, we won't go there, but which is basically a long-term plan to make it too expensive to drive a car. The pilot program is set up to test the design, acceptance, implementation, and financial sustainability of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee to address the need for additional revenue for surface transportation infrastructure and a national motor vehicle uh, per mile user fee to provide recommendations relating to the adoption and implementation of such. The article from the LID blog attached to Short's tweet detailed the proposal even further, breaking down, and I'll post this tonight, breaking down each component from the program's objectives to its proposal that initially they'll start out with volunteers. Uh, and I, I can't imagine they're not going to pay somebody to, to be a volunteer for this because people in this country for stuff like that, they don't volunteer for free, but they want volunteers from each state. So, uh, and then the input from these different volunteers will help them decide what is the best way to uh, collect data on miles driven by both commercial and private vehicle operators. Uh, on page 513, it says the Secretary of the Treasury shall establish on an annual basis a per mile user fees for passenger motor vehicles, light trucks, medium and heavy duty trucks. Well, there goes the, the cost of all the goods that gets transported by, by trucks across the country. Right. In theory, these per mile user fees would, uh, what w would, <laughs> would what? I don't know what that is. A contention on several factors. Uh, well, it looks like there's, the rates would vary per type of vehicle and their environmental impact. So I guess maybe electric cars probably wouldn't pay as high a fee as a, a gas operated car. Um, to ease any apprehensions about participating in the pilot program, the measure indicates that participants identities will be protected. Seriously? I mean, so you think it's going to be such a popular program that you're, you know, people are not going to be, uh, you're not going to tell who's in the program. Um, right. It says this is to protect them from ostracization. <laughs> if this happens to achieve the desired results. Are you saying ostriches? Yeah, something like that. Some kind of freaking bird. Uh, <laughs> the left can chalk this test run of what eventually might turn into a full-blown measure to make owning a vehicle next to impossible as an effort to be environmentally conscious. Uh, but it's also another way to cripple our existing ways of life. I mean, this country was built. One of the things, and, and I've read this numerous times through my adult life, Part of what made America work was our mobility. Uh, the automobile made a big difference in America and, and also created jobs all across the country, you know, from the mom and pop, you know, roadside stands where you could stop and buy, you know, knickknacks and, and fruits and vegetables and all this crap to the Stuckies. And um, I mean, the automobile is, is very intricate in, in, in the development of our country and to it looks like they're trying to push people into mass transit 
and get them to to turn away turn away from their freedom of their automobiles. Um, uh, let's see. So we might dismiss it now, but imagine telling yourself five years ago that the government would order small business closures, codify when and how Americans could worship, and adopt an increasingly draconian "do as I say, not as I do" policy to address a global pandemic. From the way we work to the way we breathe, so many aspects of our lives have already changed, albeit willingly for some. What's so different about changing how we get to one place from another? With 10 million dedicated to this program for each year from 2022 to 2026, it's easy to see how the American government doles out what it acquires from hardworking Americans. So, you know, we're paying for this thing. Any Republican lawmaker who votes in favor of this bipartisan bill will have no right to label themselves a conservative any longer. So, you know, it's not enough. I mean, <laughs> that that we pay the tax on our on stupid vehicles in this in this state like we do. I can't imagine a per mile fee and ask yourself how in the world would they accomplish that they would almost have to have some kind of tracking unit on your vehicle or something that would read the odometer they're not going to just let people report it willy-nilly like they do on their income taxes there's going to have to be some kind of verification or some kind of tracking device and um and then there's going to be a lot of people that just can't afford that you know right there was a time back, you know, when I was in the apartment business that I would average about 500 miles a week just driving around Atlanta. Um, and I, I can't imagine, you know, what kind of fees I would have to pay if I had that kind of job today. I believe it. So that's just yeah, one more see. thing. One more thing they want to tax. And, uh, and, and plus you know, intrusion into your life, because again, how are they going to determine how many miles you drive? Of course, they're already tracking you on your cell phone anyway. So maybe they'll find a way to do it with that. Big brother with, alert with Verizon's help. Maybe. Right. Did you, I saw that this is about automobiles. But it was a little off this subject. I saw an article, um, about a Tesla, um, and I, I can't remember the whole thing, but it was more or less, it was a fairly expensive Tesla. And this guy let his, I believe it was his uncle drive it. And supposedly there's a way when you're driving this Tesla, you know, they they offer you options such as uh, completely self-driving, um, and self-parking and all that kind of stuff. Well, this guy didn't have everything on his Tesla, and, and apparently when you're driving this thing, there's certain functions that you can do in the car that you can accidentally buy these programs while you're driving the stupid thing. And so this guy's uncle uh, hit a paddle on his on his car that somehow or another ended up costing him $10,000 for a, a option on his car that he had not chosen. Jeez. $10,000. You're just driving around and you can hit some little switch on your car and, and, and that you're agreeing to buy something from, from Tesla. Now he, he it did go on to say that 
he uh, disputed it with Tesla and he told him the situation and they did refund his money. But just the fact that, that that's even a possibility is scary. It's scary. Yeah, that's not good. George isn't happy. George isn't happy. All right. That's all I got on that. But so look, that's in that's in the infrastructure bill, people. <laughs> that's one of those 2,700 pages. They, they put this little thing in here about charging you money. That's not infrastructure. Just like voting's not infrastructure. Bunch of crooks. Crookedy crooks. Yeah. We need to pay attention to what they're doing and ask questions. Yeah. You know, we need to be concerned with who's behind the curtain. No. If, if, if your community or your, your county that you live in and the party that you support, hopefully it's conservative, if they're having meetings about these things, you need to go to the meetings and get involved. Because if we don't try to stop some of these things, it's going to be very difficult to change them down the road. It's much easier to stop it than it is to change it. Indeed. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, I see the hurricanes. Whoop. Oh, they took it off. Uh-oh. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now, and unfortunately a good majority of it is not on the pleasant <laughs> side, but nobody ever said it was going to be easy, did they? No. So, um, there will be uh, light shining through. Just look for all the moments uh, that you can, and uh, make sure to tell those that you love, you love them, and spend as much time as you can, no matter what kind of time that is. And, uh, you know, we'll make it through it somehow. We always do. It's just well, there's a, lot a, lot of, of, a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of good in the world, and there's a lot yeah. of good people in the world. Yeah. Um, it's just that you don't see that very often in the news. Now, that doesn't sell, Donald Wayne. No, you know, good. Good doesn't sell. Um, you know, if you do something well, you don't often that doesn't often get highlighted. But the first time you make a mistake, oh, oh, oh boy, about ten or twenty people know. So, <laughs> you know, it's just the world we live in right now. Well, I, I I think they, you know, we're living in a world where people want you to make mistakes. They want to. They care more about the bad things or the mistakes you've made in life than they do about the good things that you might have done. Yeah. But, but um, there, there's a ray of sunshine there for people. Um, you know, sometimes it's just the little things. It'll, it'll be okay. Yeah. This watch a Shirley. Shall pass. Watch a Shirley Temple movie. I mean, <laughs> they um, always, they always ended good. Uh, yeah. She had had a crappy life and every story that was ever made about her, but uh, she always persevered. I mean, look at him. He sh shouldn't have had a chance in hell, but I mean, by God, he made it through everything. So I'm not a smart man, <laughs> but I know what love is. <laughs> Jenny. Jenny. Uh, yeah. That's a whole nother episode right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> Well, 
<laughs> We've come to that cro- that fork and yeah, bread. I like I like that movie. Uh, a couple of parts that I don't like about it. Right. You got a fork in the road? Uh, we do now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got you got utensils in the road? Yep. Tennessee. All over. All right. Well, go ahead and slap one of them up on the board then if you want to, sir. Well, we uh, we greatly appreciate um, those of you who are listening right now. And if you would, see that little follow button. Click on that bad boy and you will get uh, notifications of upcoming episodes or episodes that are posted. And see what kind of trouble we get into. Um, we greatly appreciate all our men and women in the military, at home and abroad, and all of our first responders and all of our um, healthcare workers. Um, nothing, nothing but positive vibes out to you, and thank you so much for what you do. Um, we we definitely couldn't be here without you. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, so if you want to, if you're of a mind that you like to Twitter, well, Twitter us um, at TristalkWGMoon or TristalkDLee. And uh, matter of fact, we've got a little contest going on right now. Um, and if you had listened to uh, last Thursday's show and you took the word of the evening or the code word and tweeted it to um, one of those two Twitter handles, TristalkWGMoon or TristalkDLee, you would have been entered into the prize drawing for Mark Levin's book, American Marxism, um, that will have the signatures of Donald Wayne and myself. Um, Who knows what that could bring you as you move (laughs) on through life, but hopefully it's something good. Could (laughs) Um, be could be five to ten. <laughs> Could be, uh, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're also, you can email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com with any suggestions for future shows or comments about shows we've done. Or if you want to send pictures uh, for us to look at and possibly post on Facebook BP, but we can't post those. Um <laughs> And then also, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we post all of our articles that we use, and all the shows are, po- are posted on there, as well as some pictures that we come up with, too. And then you can reach us on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and Playa FM. And we are on every night of the week um, <laughs> between the shows that Donald Wayne and I do together and Donald Wayne's uh, very uh well done mini pods um you can find us every night and we greatly appreciate you listening appreciate you being here we love you and we couldn't do it without you thank you so much that boy's good (laughs) real good (laughs) sexual chocolate (laughs) (laughs) oh well thank you dennis lee um Seemed like I had something else I was going to say there until I decided to cut up. Uh, yeah, I thought about sexual chocolate. And forgot. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Well, yeah, we we appreciate you listening and downloading this episode of Trice Talk. And Dennis Lee and I'll be back together on Tuesday night. 
And uh, what are you, you taking your medicine? <laughs> yeah, you better get that down quick. <laughs> so, where's the Tylenol? Oh, and remember, <laughs> we will have Thursday Live coming up this week for a new code word to continue on in our giveaway. Yes, indeedy. Well, with that, uh, I guess if you'll grab the light bulb, Dennis Lee. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, geez. The boys. Uh, I'm unscrewing it right now. It's for later. It's premature. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>